0: Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Times Analytics podcast. I'm your host, Alex Safranis, and today I'm on with Jin Kang. Jin, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Hi, I'm Jin Kang. I'm from South Korea. Um, I came to U.S. September 2020 and studied business analytics for an year in Boston. Now I'm working as a senior advanced analytics at AT&T since last September. Uh, before coming to U.S., I've worked as a marketing analytics professional in South Korea about 15 years in many companies. I'm an author of three books as well, and my last book, Big Data Analytics for Creative Marketers, is my first English book, which was published last year, October Globally. I'm very happy to be here today, and thank you for having me.
0: Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. So let's talk about your background where did you get started in business and how did you get to your current role?
1: I have marketing analysis experience in various industries and companies such as LG Electronics, uh, which is IT manufacturing company, and Hyundai Capital, which is financial company, and GSJ, which is e-commerce company in South Korea, like South Korea Amazon, and Samsung SPS, which is IT service company in Samsung Group. Um, I'm a person who always challenged myself to improve and learn, so I decided to come to the U.S. after this experience. Um, I studied business analytics in Boston for a year and then now working as an advanced analytics at AT AT&T. Actually, I call myself marketing analytics person or marketing scientist who conducts marketing based on data analysis. Um, because data analysis itself is not the purpose, but the process of getting business performance. Therefore, I don't call myself data analyst, but want to be and want to be called as a marketing scientist. Um, I've been involved in all the process of marketing based on data analysis. Uh, First, under the clear goal, I set up the framework to analyze the data, like hypothesis to analyze the data. And then I collect, extract, transform, and analyze the data to derive insights. And then I create and execute marketing program based on that insight from data analysis. And finally, I analyze the result of marketing program. So I'm the one who discovered the opportunities in data and turned that into business opportunities and performance. Um, currently, um, I'm a senior advanced analytics at AT&T and uh, now I'm in charge of broadband CNM, a customer lifestyle management analytics. I'm analyzing broadband marketing campaign performance and churn related to marketing campaigns for customer retention and business performance.
0: Before we continue, here's a quick word from our sponsor Adverity. Are you still measuring the success of your campaigns by guesswork and estimation? Still sticking your finger in the air to decide which campaign to spend your budget on? Well, it doesn't need to be this way. Adverity is the marketing data analytics platform that lets you easily combine and analyze data from across multiple channels so that you can get a full understanding of how each is performing. What's more, the advanced analytics module will give you a predictive analytics insight into how best to adjust your campaign spend based on the best ROI. Go to info.adverity.com M-X-A for a free demo. That's again, info.adverity.com M-X-A for a free demo. And now, back to the podcast. What are some examples of what you would analyze around customer churn?
1: Um, For example, around the churn, like uh, we do some marketing campaign to derive more revenue from customers like upselling or cross-selling. And then we want to see that, you know, after we send the customer communication like direct mail or email, we want to see that you know, that message made them kind of disconnect our service, like, because we don't want them to disconnect our service. So, and also we want to know that, you know, that marketing communication was very kind of effective for them not to decide uh, they disconnect our service. So we see the kind of disconnect that could be churn here. Uh, What is the churn after we sent communication like, Direct more mail or EM or SMS.
0: Yeah. And then what kind of analysis would you do? Would you run like um, maybe an A B test or what What would be the structure of how you would measure the results?
1: Um, here, because now I'm in charge of CM uh, campaign uh, analytics. So, um, okay, for A B test, when we deploy the marketing campaign we have target group and also we have control group so and we have kpi like how many enroll this marketing program and how many actually upgraded their kind of internet speed uh, with this marketing program so uh regarding a b test since we have target group and control group we compare that kind of kpi like um marketing program environment and um you know, speed upgrade rate, um, you know, compare between target group and control group.
0: So this is quite an advanced measurement capability for a business. Would you say that these kinds of customer lifetime measurement analytics, this function, would you say that it is better suited for a really large company? Or do you think small companies could also benefit greatly from this, uh, this job function?
1: Um, I think this could be functioning very well, both big companies and small companies, because, you, need, you know, anyway, you have business and you want to improve that. For that, you need some kind of A-B, A-B test so that you can uh, improve yourself toward more customer satisfaction and the way that you can get more revenue from customer. So... Um, you know, there's no reason that that could be just um, kind of um, focused on the big company. Like, whatever that is, you can start kind of small A-B tests, even though you don't have a lot of traffic. Okay, actually, we, you, we need some amount of volume so that we can do A-B tests, but um, unless you have some customers, you can try to do some A-B tests so that you have more research and you can be better in your business and get more business performance.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So basically anybody can benefit from it because these kinds of tests for for uh, optimizing the business, they 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 basically uh, provide a direct positive business impact. So I, I guess that's another thing I want to ask about, which is how do you measure the impact of the optimization that you're making.
1: Actually, that's uh, that's more of like how you designed how you designed that test. Like for example, so if we just uh, you know thinking of you know how we can be better, that's very vague. So uh, this is why we need some hypothesis and design for the A/B test. Like if you want to know like which kind of communication channel would be more effective, that's very important because. Uh, for example, direct mail is more expensive than uh, email or SMS for sure. So you you want to deploy the marketing, which has less cost and more kind of more research. So if you want to know like, okay, which channel could be most effective for this specific customers and this campaign? And then you kind of have three cohorts, like for example, direct mail only customer, EM. BM- Uh, only customer and SMS only customer and then and then rest of the campaign part you will keep the same and later you will see you know how many enrolled in that marketing campaign by that communication channel like you know uh, by direct mail only SMS only and EM only something like that so that will depend on you know what you want to measure
0: yeah that makes sense so any test will have its own set of success metrics, and that's something you have to figure out beforehand.
1: Yeah, and that's, I think that's going to be the core part of uh, Analyst as well, because you know, when we analyze the data, it's not like that we just analyze the data and we need a very clear goal for that, and that's how we can drive the right um, answer and um, research for that. So, later I actually wanted to cover and actually I covered that in my book as well, but as an analyst, not just, you know, technically good at um, analyzing data, but also you have to know that like what for under the question that you have to solve, what kind of data you have to see and what kind of uh, analysis tools or method is going to be better in that analysis, something like that. That is going to be, I think, core Um, competence of the analyst.
0: Yeah, so on that note, tell us more about your books.
1: Um, As I said in the beginning, I published my first English book, Big Data Analytics, for creative marketers last October. Um, I've published two books in South Korea thus far. This English book is my second Korean book. Um, Writing a book regarding my marketing analytics experience was one of my bucket lists. So in the early 2020, you know, we had covid I had to stay at home more, so I thought that's when, you know, I thought the perfect time for writing a book to share my hands-on marketing analytics experience. Um, Many are talking about data analytics and want to be a person who do that. Um, However, it's quite hard to find the real best practices for application in business world as a money spinner. So I really wanted to share the research of my struggling with data analysis to drive more business performance in the real world. Um, and also, there are tendencies that people consider data analytics person as a person who just pull the data from the system using analytics tools. But I wanted to emphasize with this book that there are changing trends in roles of data analytics person as a business translator who have an influence on organization with the insights from data analytics. Yeah, so this actually is not from me. This is from the article, um, McKinsey and Company Analytics Translator, the new must-have role. And this was published on the Harvard Business Review in 2018. Data analysts are regarded to extract the data, but once again, core part for Analyst is finding out the meaning from the data and we know that many tasks could be replaceable by the machines So simply pulling the data could be also automated Uh, but Most important part is that under the clear goal what data we have to see and what kind of insight We can obtain from the data which can be connected to business performance and ultimately making money so uh, the main competence of analysts should be the discovering the pattern, trend, meaning from the data, and connect those into making money. Um, I also wanted to tell you that the data itself does not explain everything and why. Um, here is a very interesting story. This is from when I was working at LG Electronics. Um, I was looking for some marketing opportunity from data analysis for electronics retail stores. While I was analyzing data, I found that the new wets buy almost all of the electronic items at the same time when they start to live together, but they did not buy air conditioner then. That was very interesting. So I did qualitative analysis by having interviews with salespeople in the retail stores. And what I got to know from them is, well, they have superstition that if new wets buy air conditioner at the time that they start to live together one of them will have an affair because the korean word wind and affair is same word with different meaning like you know harmony so yeah very interesting right so i created a marketing campaign to sell air conditioner targeting new wets So like this example, data does not explain everything and why. Uh, The more important interpretation would be from combination of qualitative and quantitative analysis. And I also saw many cases that people just analyze the data and that brought a question like, so what? This question is uh, asked because there are no clear goal and plan for the data analysis as I said in the the beginning. So I also wanted to tell people that the clear goal and proper framework for data analysis should be the first thing to do before diving into actual data analysis. I mentioned many things here and all are covered in my book more in detail. And my book, Big Data Analytics for Creative Marketers consists of seven chapters. Chapter one, um, data story. This is about how the data is used and what is the power of love. Um, This is one example that how data was used in public sector in Korea. Um, To relieve the inconvenience of citizens and enable them to satisfy return home during the late night hours, like from midnight to 5 a.m., when public transportation such as buses or subways are not available, the city of Seoul, that's capital in South Korea, has adopted the idea of late-night bus operation proposed by citizens on social media. Um, In April 2013, actually, that was a very long time ago, right? Uh, Two late-night bus routes were piloted. Um, As a result, the satisfaction of citizens were very high, and there was a high demand for the expansion of routes, to determine the late night bus route, the big data was analyzed to predict the demand of passengers late at night and to verify the appropriateness of the route. Actually here, data uh, which was used for analysis was telecommunication um, data. Anyway, as a result, uh, Seoul's aptly named late night owl bus was born and this late night bus is used by citizens and designated drivers who have to return home late due to the nature of their industry. It has become an example use case of big data analysis in the public se- sector, which is very successful in you know, creating beneficial public sub- services. So yeah, that kind of story is data story. And chapter two is data analyst story, like What is the role and what is the change of data analysts' role? And what is the demand and popularity of data analysts? Actually, in October 2012, the Harvard Business Review published an article entitled Data Scientists, the Sexist Occupation of the 21st Century, citing citing a serious shortage of the data scientists. Yeah, so we already knew that data people are going to be very, very popular. You know, even we knew that 10 years ago, right? Yes, that kind of data analyst story. And Chapter 3 is Customer Relationship Management, CRM story. Um, I covered CRM here, which we could call the ancestor of big data analytics, because this is basically conducting marketing campaign based on data analysis. So it's marketing analytics. Yeah, and I also covered here how you know, big data analysis could be different by industries as well. Because, you know, for example, the telecommunication that I'm, I am, uh, retention is more important than customer acquisition or kind of cultivating customers because telecommunication market is, you know, we have kind of a few players, so not losing customer is very, very important. So, for example, in telecommunication, retention is, retention um, phase is going to be most important part. So by industry, there are kind of different focus area in kind of marketing analytics as well. That's what I covered there. And chapter four, everything in data analysis practice. Uh, This is the chapter that I introduced the real work process, especially regarding data cleaning and setting up a hypothesis for data analysis. And chapter five is, from marketing program design to research analysis. Uh, Here you can learn how to create a marketing program based on data analysis. And chapter six is marketing cases through data analysis. So this chapter is going to be the core part of my book. You will learn the real marketing analytics cases which you never heard on the internet or anywhere else. So here um, uh, I wanna kind of introduce one offline and one online marketing analysis case, which I conducted in the past. First one. Okay, let's go with offline first. So this is from uh, Hyundai Capital. And um, I will call this one lease or rent retention strategy Because since Hyundai Capital is a financial industry, so one of their financial service product was like car leasing or renting. So people pay monthly uh, money to Hyundai Capture and they using a car and when they do that, usually they have two or three years contract and at that time Hyundai Capture is one of the kind of lucrative KPI was Reconstruct rate right? because if customer uh, have, have a Reconstruct after two or three years contract, that's kind of more lucrative um, way to you know, for Hyundai Capital. So, yeah, so agents were calling, agents in the core center was calling to customers three months before that expiration of the contract, and they encouraged more customers to renew that contract. And I'm a kind of marketing analytics person and joined there. So, you know, agents in the core center were just, you know, pushing people to, have reconstruct, but I thought like maybe we can find some way that we can use the data for that and we can make more money and that could be more productive. So yeah, and so I did that. And there are three kind of a contract ending type in that case. First is reconstruct, which we want. And second is new car leads to our rent. And third is just ending the contract, which we are not happy with that. And um, I wanted to, uh, I didn't want to do kind of very complicated model with this one because I really want to explain the model RR segmentation to the kind of customers, ca- clients very um, clearly so that they can understand this one and use that very effectively. So I wanted to get two data which I can segment and uh, predict the customer's contract e- ending style. So first, I had uh, a lot of interviews with course center agents because they are the one who are actually having a conversation with customers over this construct exploration. So I thought that I can get some idea or insights from that, even though, you know, that agents don't know what is the insight or not. But I thought I could understand the business situation and that I could some hint for data analysis. So And then, I gather the data that I can analyze, and I categorize them. So here, actually, I kind of saw the distribution of the data, and here I used factor analysis to kind of select two data that I can um, differentiate the customer's contract ending type. So I did that, and I could find the two data. So now I have the customer segmentation with that two data. And then I could draw the retention strategies based on that segmentation. For example, if some LX is kind of reconstruct type, so then we have to push LX to renew that contract. And then if we have some, like for example, David, he's gonna be in kind of new car or new car list or rent segment. And then, you know, even though he's in that, New car, lease, or rent segment. Seeing the data, there could be some cohort who are more a little bit likely to be to ever reconstruct. So, yeah, for them, first we can kind of recommend uh, renew the contract. And then if it's not working, we can move on to the next offers thread is like, uh, you know, contracting new car, leasing, or renting. So I could draw the Kind of strategy map based on the segmentation. So, I implement implemented this segmentation and the offer strategies, and even the script that agent can use for this offer strategy. I implemented that all in the IT system that agents are using when they have a conversation with customers. As a result, recontract rate increased, and um, agents could save a lot of call time because they don't wander everywhere and they just predict the customer's ending type, and they can dive into the strategies. So their work productivity got increased and they could save a lot of kind of call time as well. So it's a successful story. Okay, next uh, I want to talk about online case. Uh, when I was working at GS GSM, I was in charge of product recommendation and personalization in online shopping mall. And, you know, let's say that Alex, you are searching for a specific shampoo on online shopping mall, and you will search, you will type this shampoo, and you will see the list. And at that time, that was almost like 10 years ago, at that time, merchandiser was deciding the location of the product. So, if merchandiser want to promote kind of specific product more in shampoo category, he will place that product on the top position so that customers can find that very easily. So basically, merchandiser were manually located the product on the kind of on the screen with that specific category. But as a marketing analysis person, I thought that. We can uh, use customers' behavior data, like because customers are clicking and ordering on the online shopping mall. So if we can use the data and create the algorithm, that could uh, create more sales. Sales. That was my hypothesis. So I um, create the algorithm using um, customers' behavior data, like cart data, ordering data, wish list data, and clicking data. And also I wanted to consider the weight of the data because, you know, when you buy the shampoo, you will click like hundred times and you will just buy one, you will order one time. So the weight of the data is going to be different. So I consider that part as well. And also, uh, let's say that customer kind of clicked one specific shampoo a thousand times a week ago, and then uh, people clicked the shampoo 1000 times yesterday. And then yesterday's data is going to be more precious data for us because that's most more recent data. So I also consider the kind of time recency as well in that algorithm. So I completed the algorithm and I did the AB test with that merchandiser's manual logic and my algorithm. And it turned out that my algorithm got 20 uh, percent more revenue. So, my algorithm got to be applied in the entire shopping mall. So, which is very successful and beautiful story regarding marketing analysis. Yeah. So, as you can see here, you know, I introduced one offline and one online marketing analytics business case, and th- they are quite different. Like, offline, you know, uh, usually we just have purchase data. We just know, you know, kind of kind of two shampoo older or something. So it's really limited data we have and it's really difficult to collect the data because people are not giving us a lot of data just to find something in the offline store, right? So marketing could be very limited with kind of specific time and place. But in case of online we have many kinds of data like i use the customer's behavior data on algorithm we have customers click data um, order data cart data and wishlist data so we have a lot of data than offline and online shopping mall's goal is um real-time personalization so you know behind that monitor they have tons of products so their kind of um, focus is how you know you kind of how you make this online shopping more so that your customer can search their uh, product which they exactly want more efficiently and fast. That's their focus. And as you can see, you know in online shopping mall, uh, each product have their own pages, so there are a lot of URL addresses for that. So cleaning data is going to be a big part because their data is very dirty and complicated yeah so there could be kind of main differences between online and offline marketing analytics yeah that um business case part was huge so i kind of explained a lot and lastly sep- chapter seven that's challenges and remaining task of big data analysis so this is the chapter of thinking of the future of big data analytics and its issues. So um, if you work in marketing analytics field, or if you want to work in marketing analysis field, this book will be a great guidance for your work. So, okay, I highly recommend.
0: That's great. And I'll definitely put the link to your book in the description for this podcast. So the listeners can find it pretty easily. So I wanna ask about why you decided to come to the U.S. for school, for work, what was that decision process like, and what was the actual process like?
1: Okay, um, I used to say that I'm almost Grand Slam winner in Korea conglomerate companies. Since I've been to Samsung, LG, and Hyundai, I've always had a goal to pursue in my career and. When I worked in Samsung SDS, which is my last company in South Korea, I felt I missed um, another goal like going abroad. I had you know, no goal in South Korea anymore and wanted to enter a bigger world. So first I went to graduate school for a business analytics master program for an year. Uh, before this master degree, I learned how to code such as SQL by myself because I needed it at work. So I really wanted to have a kind of structured systematical educational program for it. Um, Recently, schools in South Korea started to open business analytics master program, but at that time when I was considering, you know, this program and studying in U.S., there were no business analytics program in South Korea. Uh, I learned from my friend that The business analytics program is popular in the U.S., so it's quite easier to get a job after graduation. Uh, I thought this uh, was a very good opportunity for me to upgrade and refresh myself after many years' work. Um, Actually, uh, it was a long journey to arrive in the U.S. to start my new life chapter. Um, As an international student, I had to prepare TOEFL and GRE, while I was working. Um, I tried to study after work and weekend as much as I can uh, to study, you know, TOEFL and GRE. I also went to private institute on weekends for that preparation. I actually could see many students studying every day to go abroad to study in private institute in Korea, so I really respected them. Um, I applied to many schools, but uh, only got three admissions. Uh, the most attractive school I got on admission was Columbia University Applied Analytics program. But we had COVID at that time, and it was more likely to for me to get a virtual class instead of in person class in Columbia University. So I decided to study at Holt International Business School in Boston campus because that's not super famous school, but... They guaranteed in-person class and offered good scholarship to me. Um, Because of COVID, uh, it was very unclear to get a student visa as well. Um, I already planned everything to come here to study, so that unclear situation was a lot of stress for me. Mm. I had to quit my job in South Korea and had to prepare for coming to US after getting admission and student visa, which was a lot of work actually. Um, Basically, this was moving from my company to foreign countries. So I had to take care of many things from visa to getting an apartment in Boston, you know, everything. Um, Actually, I'm writing my next book these days about my journey from Korea to U.S. Um, I think this book, my next book, could be kind of another good guidance for those who are thinking of going abroad, especially U.S. to study and work.
0: That's very interesting. So what are some of the biggest similarities and differences between Korea and the US?
1: Um, you mean work, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely like marketing in the marketing world.
1: Okay, um, similar things, because actually when I started to work in US, I kind of worried about a lot because this is first time to work in US. So. I was thinking like uh, what if it's so different in US so what if I don't adapt myself here very well and if you know what if things are not going very well or something like that but since I've been working uh in many big companies in Korea so I kind of got to learn that you know big company actually fun- functions very similarly so I was already familiar with that in the past. So that was not really difficult for me to um, adjust myself in this um, big company uh, circumstances. So that could be a similar one. And different one is that um, here, um, I'm in retention analytics team, and I'm the person who are analyzing data and get the insights. And that's... Uh, scope of my work but and and my clients here is in strategy team and marketing team campaign team so my client I work with marketer and strategy person here but in Korea I was doing everything like I was analyzing data and I was um, doing marketing as well as a marketer the person in like my client here and I was also a strategy person who set up the marketing strategy uh, based on the data analysis that I did. So working scope in Korea is more broad and a little bit more vague and you have to do everything in Korea but here in US you are um, task is very specific and uh you are good uh if you focus on your that specific uh, focused area and i think a u.s more consider the talents as a professional or expert so i think that's why we have difference like that too
0: do you feel like you might go back
1: (laughs) Uh, Actually, my boss asked me about that too, but I don't plan to go back because I feel like myself is uh, more kind of, I I can deploy my uh, competence here more and I feel more comfortable here. So actually, I love working here, so I don't plan to go back.
0: So what initially got you to notice marketing analytics as a potential career path? Because you really came in when it was just starting out. So what, what drew you towards it?
1: My major in university was atmospheric science, which is studying about the weather. By the way, don't ask me about the weather forecast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding. yeah. <laughs> So my very first job was dispatcher in airlines. It's a very similar job with air traffic controller. And my very first duty there was flight watch. So as a flight watch, I contacted pilots on the plane while they are in flight. Um, One day, I was talking with my friend. And since since I'm I'm such a lawyer person, so I recommended my friend to fly with Asian Airlines more, which I was working for at that time. He refused to do so because he had more mileage in another airlines. That was the time I agonized over how I can make those kind of customers to my customers despite more mileage in competitors. Um, I realized that I'm very interested in customer marketing and loyalty. And that was the moment of my career. So, I wanted to work in that field, but I had no experience at that, so I decided to study first. Um, I quit the dispatcher job and went to graduate school to study marketing. I liked CRM, Customer Relationship Management. So, my thesis was antecedent factors and consequent behaviors of customer commitment on the website. Um, after graduation, I virtually got a job in LG Electronics and joined the CRM department there, which uh, they conducted marketing campaign with data analysis. Uh, at that time, new employees and juniors could not join in CRM department because their work needs expertise. Um, I would say I was very lucky because I could start... Uh, that kind of CRM career from the beginning at LG Electronics at the time with my colleagues' help because they were setting up a new CRM department at the time when I joined LG Electronics and my good colleagues recommended me in that team so I could have an internal interview uh, for that uh, CRM department position and I could join there. Mm -hmm. I could learn foundation of marketing analytics there and that's the beginning of my career as a marketing analytics professional.
0: Going back to um, moving to the U.S., what advice do you have for people who are looking to come to the U.S. for work?
1: Um, First of all, knowing and evaluating yourself objectively would be very important, I think. Uh, You should have a clear goal for it too. I saw many students who came to the U.S. to expect a good life but came back to their country because they had no clear goal and plan. Uh, It's not easy and no fantasy here. Uh, You should be ready to undergo tough times because many people want to study study and work here. Uh, You need preparation and help plans, including backup plans. Experience is the most important one here. If you have global company experience and well-known brand company experience, there could be advantages. For me, I considered two times um, going abroad before I come to U.S. this time, but I was not sure about it and not ready. Uh, coming to U.S. for studying or working is basically transforming your life. You need the thorough of and specific plan and preparation as much as possible. Uh, I would say it's kind of gambling in the view of uncertainty because you are betting your life. But if you have courage and you want to work in a bigger world and if you are eager to make your life better, you should give it a try. Uh, after all the dark tunnel, you will get something anyway. At the end, it's worth it. Uh, In my case, I thought I cannot move forward more in South Korea. uh, And I was pretty ready for coming here mentally and financially. I was desperate to improve my career, and I thought I have no more plan except coming to the U.S. So even if this plan turned out not to be working, at least I tried, and no regrets for that. Uh, My journey was quite successful thus far, so I really appreciate that.
0: I totally agree, and i'm it's great to hear um that that you you see opportunity here. I certainly do as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah, so good luck to everybody who's who's trying to follow mm-hmm. that path. yeah, this has been an awesome conversation, Jian. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Awesome. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll talk to you soon.